Welcome to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I am Spike Eskin, along with Liberty Ballers' own, the subtweeting Mike Levin. <laughs> it's a great, a great first mention on the podcast this morning. Well, you know, we record this sure of the fact that once we're done recording this, Immediately after the Sixers will have some sort of trade. I I think the last time, well, I know they cut Darius Morris once and Kwame Brown immediately after the podcast, and I feel like they they signed someone at some point immediately. I think it was like project. James Anderson, probably. Yes, maybe it was, was James. A big, Anderson. That was a big day. Huge big day for me. You know, you know, Sixers land is is a different sort of land when that <laughs> that's a big story. So we're going to get to, of course, all the trade rumors that are flying around, which will make this podcast invalid, I'm sure, within a moment's, um, a, a matter of moments after the podcast. So we'll get to all of that. I have a bunch of Twitter questions, including a couple of relationship questions that I thought were good ones this week that we should, we should get to as well. Um, a couple of the Twitter questions are similar to questions I wanted to, to talk to you about with the Sixers. So, so we'll, we'll get to those. First, do you want to do do you want to do Sixers play first or trade stuff first? What do you want to lead with? Got to lead with trade stuff. Okay, so the most recent incarnation of everything, I think the it, it's not too much different than last time. The Dion Waiters thing popped up again with uh, my 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 favorite, and it was a is his name Zwirling Ian Zwirling. I keep thinking it's Ian because yeah, I keep thinking Jared. of uh, okay Jared. I think I think Ian because I'm thinking of Ian because I'm thinking of Zeering because I'm thinking of nine hundred two one zero, so which is Steve Sanders. So Jared, which is, which is not my generation. No, Jared, Jared's whirling, but you should know nine hundred two one zero. Ian Zeering. I mean, I know what he, I know exists. Okay. Like Ian Zeering was in was the star of Sharknado, which is obviously your generation. The, the blonde haired yeah. guy. He played. No, I didn't. I didn't watch Sharknado either. Well, you're you're in Los Angeles, right? Aren't you supposed to be up on all the Hollywood ins and outs? I know, I know what it is. <laughs> I, I just watched it. Okay, trade stuff. So Zwirling said that basically it was basically suggesting look, a couple of funny things about the report, and I'm not you know shitting on the report or anything. But first, that Dion Waiters, the two funny things about Dion Waiters is a that he would prefer to go to the Sixers, as if Dion Waiters has any pull as to where he right. goes. Because he's under contract for the next two, three years anyway, and he's not a big enough deal to have any pull as to where he goes. And the second is the reason he'd like to go to Philly, aside from this being his hometown, is that he could be the best player here. <laughs> That's the perfect reason. It's a great reason to want to come here. Reason. A, he wouldn't be the best player here. Nope. B, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't pretend to know who I think the Sixers are interested in, but I don't think they'd be interested in Dion Waiters. I I, no. okay, I don't guess. Especially considering, even if they liked his skill set, you know, if they're trading one guy who thinks he's the best player on the team and he's not, to get another guy who thinks he's the best player on the team and he's not, you know, with a false sense of who he is, I think is probably the wrong move anyways. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Jake Pavorsky, who is, who is our boy, right? Uh, uh, has heard that there's no no chance. Uh, Dion Waiters, and there's that rumor is either floated from Waiters' agent or just someone without any credibility, probably in either organization, um, probably more closer to someone in Waiters' camp. Um, but just for the sake of dispelling the conversation, uh, yes, I, I can see an argument for trading Turner for him just because Turner expires uh, after this year. And Waiters is on a rookie contract for two more years. I believe it too. Um, and you you would like to get something cheap and potentially with a higher upside if you're trading Turner. So Waiters uh, in a vacuum makes sense, but that's only if you're looking at the trade like we can have Evan Turner walk or we can have Deion Waiters, and that's not the case. So right. if 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 it's, if you're if you're telling me it's it's Deion Waiters or nothing, 
then I would say, all right, fine, like I do the trade. But there will be other opportunities to trade Turner, uh, and I would like some one of them that isn't involving John Waiters. It doesn't matter because he's not coming here anyway, but for the sake of conversation, that is my two cents. Good podcast. See you later. <laughs> and that'll be all for this edition of The Rice to Ricky Sanchez. Yeah, I, I mostly, you know, I've heard some... I've I've said before on the pod that I like Dion Waiters. I like I like that sort of player generally. I you know I just like gunners and irrational yeah. gunners. But I mostly like them when they're not on our team or when they are on our team and our team isn't supposed to win anyway. Those guys yeah. are remarkably frustrating when you have a you know a good team you know and you're yeah. you're hoping that the team wins. Those guys are a lot less fun because they. For every three times they're on, they're off eight times, and those eight times are infuriating. And yeah. and the most infuriating thing about those guys is that people in other cities never see when those guys are off because they only make highlight packages when they're on. So exactly. generally, all they see is this guy being good. So I, I get that. Although, um, like, wait, Waiters isn't a fun player. Like, if you have a gunner like Roten or even, like, you know, maybe... Oh, well, Nick Young, sure. Like, those guys are, like, fun and goofy. And if you're bad, that's what you want. Waiters is just, I, I feel like he's a bummer to root for. Like, you know what I mean? Or do you not feel that way? Uh, I don't feel that way, necessarily. I think I think in his particular case, all we hear about is him being, you know, he seems like a problem from afar. But I don't, you know, if you can, if you can imagine, do you feel the same way about J.R. Smith? Like that he'd be a bummer to root for, or uh, well, this year certainly, but uh, I feel like last year was fun for. Yeah, I I just I think it's all I think it's a matter of context generally yeah. with those guys. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So the second thing about the report was that though the Sixers really love Evan Turner, but they just don't know if they can <laughs> hang on to him because their brilliant agent David Falk is so adept at getting people huge contracts that they just don't know if they can pay him. I wonder where that information may have come from. I, I really can't imagine where such glowing praise for both Falk and Turner would come from. I, 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 I've been trying for a full day to come up with the source of that information. Look, oh, I, I don't profess to know, again, what the Sixers would think of Evan Turner. I can guess. I know what I think of Evan Turner. I've made that abundantly clear. But the notion that they would love him but just don't think they can afford to pay him. It's like he's making $7 million this year. Like, you know, what is he going to make in the best-case scenario for him? $9 million? You know, like $9.5 million? Is that, if they loved him, it, like, wouldn't they pay him that? They, yeah. You know, it seems insane that they would love him, but, but just not. He's not going to be making $20 million next year. So I think that part of the, the report is sort of, you know. Nonsense. It's, it was funny to read, at least. Yes, it was it. definitely entertaining to read. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't doubt that the Sixers. Well, I kind of do. I, I don't think they like him. I don't think they like him in any in any facet of the game or from a personality level. Uh, but I can't. I, I enjoy the idea that that <laughs> Evan Turner's. You know, I wrote about it yesterday, and I said it was Evan Turner's brother, Marcus Turner. <laughs> Uh, is 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 talking about how how much the Sixers love him and how he used to be the best player. Yeah, well, I'm sure the Sixers. Is that, totally... is that your joke? That's your joke, isn't it? What the Marcus thing? Yeah, 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 that actually goes back to last year. A bunch of people have piled on it this year, but I did make that joke several times last year. I think yeah, before I anyone. So the. What else did I want to? Oh, a quick note about Evan Turner, and I wrote a long thing about. You know, how much I dislike him yesterday. Not personally, Great. you know, but yeah. just about, you know, as a player that I'm, you know, I'm sort of done waiting for the, inev- you know, waiting for the, the good Evan Turner. Like he's regressed to a point where I'm like, okay, this is what you are. But one thing I, in my obsession now with disliking him, as I mentioned in the last week's pod that I noticed this morning, is that he doesn't have one block shot the entire season. Yeah, which, I've, been, I've been tracking that for a while. Which is especially, oh, I didn't know, especially hilarious considering he gets his shot blocked the most out of any player. Yeah, it's quite a disparity. Yeah, and I wonder if there's anyone in the history of the NBA who has had his shot blocked the most in the league and also not had a block 
this deep into a season. I mean, this has to be, he has to be near some sort of NBA landmark, right? Especially for a guy that's not like 5'8". He's (laughs) 6'7". He's, and not super long, but like, not like stubby in any way, you know? He's He's not not a T-Rex. No. How does he know? He's the only small forward in the NBA averaging at least 25 minutes a game who doesn't have a block shot. The only other guy close in minutes is Mike Miller is averaging 23 minutes a game and doesn't have a block shot. But Mike Miller is essentially a broken human being. Like he, you know, he, I'm not surprised that Mike Miller doesn't have a block shot. It's unbelievable. So anyway, so the next thing obviously involves all of the flying around Omer Ashik rumors. And there's a lot of them, you know, that five teams are in, that there are single team trades, that there are three team trades. I think the one that was getting the most traction was this was the the boss the one that Boston was involved in getting him. I think at the end of the day, though I guess it's possible that anyone winds up with him and I guess it's possible the Sixers wind up with him. I would put my money on Omer Sheik winding up on a either one of two things. A a contender or B a team that is convinced they need to be good right now like Charlotte. But and you know, oh, a, oh, not Boston. What's that? Or but I do you think Boston is in that? I, I don't. Here, here's what, here's what I think, and I just love, and I'm I'm so happy. I think it it makes me feel good. Uh, Boston is leading the Atlantic Division. They were thinking about tanking. They traded all their pl- most of their players. They got a new coach, but hey, it's like there's not many good teams in the Eastern Conference. We should make a run. We can make a run, and, you know, maybe if LeBron gets hurt or Paul George gets hurt, we're right there. And in the playoffs, anything can happen. And we got this brand-new coach, and he's doing great. And, you know, we're Boston. We're the Celtics. We can't lose. Like, we're, we're, we're trying to build upon. Like, and the city, Boston strong, like that kind of stuff. It, it, it makes me feel really good that they're, that they're going to trade, I feel like, trade some future assets uh, at the expense of winning now. And it's going to be great because that's bad. Can I play devil's advocate for a moment with that? Go ahead, yeah. Just, uh, I I don't necessarily believe it, but I don't think it's a ridiculous devil's advocate either. So Phoenix sort of found themselves in a a similar situation, even though they're better, where you go in planning to tank. You look at the roster, and Boston's roster without Rondo is not impressive at all. You You go and you hire a good coach. And with this seemingly unimpressive lineup, especially in Boston's, all of a sudden, the team is winning. And the, <laughs> There's like three games under my mention. Well, but, but they're winning more than we thought they would. You know, they're, they're yeah. first in the division. I'm not saying that they're good. I'm saying that they're, that they're not terrible. You know, they're not the Sixers or Utah. Like, they're not, they're not near that. They're still better than that. Which I never thought they would be. I know. The Knicks and Nets were, were, were where they thought they'd be. Then the Brooklyn would be like 8 and 15. That would be where I had them. But, yeah, keep going. Sorry. So. If you're Boston, the rub becomes, well, we are we would have to do some serious tanking given that our roster is already not good to get bad enough for it to matter. So if we can get a a good player and an asset that maybe won't cost us much, is it better to win the Atlantic if we're going to win the Atlantic anyway and just be better winning the Atlantic. Like like maybe maybe they're at a different spot than they thought they were. I don't know. Like well, if you're them, I don't know how you get significantly worse at this point. They're, like I still look at the roster and they're they're not that good, you know. They just no, they don't have a good roster. So they had a I mean, I don't feel like they've beaten many people. The East is just bad and they've They've beat up on some bad teams, uh, and it's it's early to count out Brooklyn and New York. I think I think both Brooklyn and New York are not good, but I think all three of those teams will finish around 500 or like a couple games below 500. Yeah, Brooklyn certainly. Uh, I think Brooklyn will. I, and I'm I don't think they're good or anything, but it'd be hard to not notice to not get at least make mention of the number of they've had a ton of injuries. Now they're super yeah. old, but like. Sort of like, yeah. you know, best player type injuries, which is, mm-hmm. you know, while everyone was criticizing Jason Kidd, the fact that Darren Williams wasn't playing 
you know, sort of got swept under the rug or Brooklyn. And same, and same for the Knicks. I mean, Tyson Chandler going out. Yeah. It's just huge for them. Um, so I think both, all, all three of them will be, will be in the, in the same general area. Um, and also a point, a point for, uh, Boston is they have Brooklyn pick this year. Right. So if they think that, uh, if they think Brooklyn's going to keep being bad, then they can be like, well, we have that, a, t- a lottery pick anyway. Why not just try to do something with us and, you know, we'll have, we'll, we're, we're Brooklyn is tanking for us, essentially. Right. Well, so then, so I but guess it I just it. it just brings me back to my I guess original question in that where is Asha going to go? No, no, no. Uh, a second original question. Then we'll get back to the Asha thing. Is if you are, if you're Boston, like uh-huh. what what do you do? You know, like you know, you you had just mentioned that you think it it would be silly of them to give up an asset for Ashik considering their situation but if you're them do you just stand pat or uh, you know I don't, I don't know how you make them worse without what do you um, a mysterious injury to jordan crawford is that a you know like you know if, I, uh, if that's where you are well i i was never quite in on the idea that they were tanking going into the season so i i never i so if that was their original plan then they're failing um but if Assuming that tanking isn't there, I mean, I just don't think they have. I don't think they're set up to tank. I mean, they have a bunch of like decent players that won't help them win a championship, but will help help them stay above water, basically. Like Jeff Green is a good player, but I think he's far from being a, a top option on a good team. Right. And they still have Ronda coming back soon. And there's just a bunch of like serviceable guys in there. Like look at the look at the Celtics bench compared to the Sixers bench. Like it's not close. Um, so I think they're they're just gonna like if if I, I don't think their idea was tanking. So I think they're gonna try to get better. What I would do is I would have done a better job trying to tank rather than like sort of half-assing it. But I mean they they they, they have a ton of picks, which is great. Yeah, I don't. But how how much? Like, okay, let, let's go through their their roster. I wouldn't have given Jeff Green a contract a couple years ago. That's okay, all right. Yeah, but that was that was then, and I can't imagine he's particularly easy to to move, and he's also not that good. So, so their I wonder what his value is. I, I wonder because uh, you don't know. I mean, like, like their it roster should be around that that value, I guess. Their roster obviously better than the Sixers because it actually has NBA players on it, but. <laughs> But but the, the Sixers have three, you know, Turner, uh, Young, and Hawes are all legitimate NBA players the same way that, you know, Brandon Bass and Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley Brandon Bass, Keith, uh, Keith Bogans, Marshawn Brooks, Jordan Crawford, Vitter Favarani, Jeff Green, Courtney Lee, Kelly Olenek, Jared Sollinger. Um- Come to the Ricky Sanchez podcast where we read you rosters. Well, no, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> I'm looking at they, they don't have they're not they don't have a good roster. They have a terrible roster. Yeah, but it's it's there are. I mean, the Sixers are giving major minutes to Brandon Davies. Oh, that's fair. Well, they're certainly not as tanky as the Sixers are, who are as, as tanky as tanky can be right now. Who, you know, Antonia. when you when you look at their, we'll get into it later. But when you look at their roster, without MCW on the court, you look at their roster and you're like, legitimately, none of these guys could play significant part in the Sixers next year. Like, it's legitimately possible that none of these guys are at all important to anything, about anything. Like, maybe a couple of them, but it's funny. Like, they're, and none of them, aside from those three guys, are NBA players, really. You know, they'll yeah. be in the NBA, but they previously, they, they could, if if I said that Brandon Davies, um, uh, Daniel Orton, uh, Hollis Thompson, all these guys were not in the NBA this year. You wouldn't be surprised. Tony Roten, not in the NBA this year. You wouldn't have been surprised. So uh, so where do you think Ashik goes, or Ashik, or Ashik, or whatever we're calling him? Well, we're, if he comes here, we'll have to figure out, like, we have to decide how to say his name. Well, we never we never really decided on, on Vucevic, I don't think. Oh, yeah, but we got him out. That's why we traded him, I think. Okay. <laughs> all right, so, so where does he go? What do you think? Chances he goes uh, to the Sixers. I would say chances he goes to the Sixers like twenty percent. Okay, chances he goes to the Celtics. Uh, 
30%. And then where else? What, so you're up to 50%. Is the, what, is, what makes up the other 50%? You don't even have to give me specific teams, but sort like kind of teams. Uh, I think there's probably like... Uh, who's the other team? Atlanta, uh, Cleveland, Charlotte. Maybe like maybe like ten percent Cleveland. Okay. Like one percent Atlanta and Charlotte, and the rest to this mystery team that was alluded to. Right. Wouldn't it be funny after all this, they just trade him for Ryan Anderson? Like, like, like (laughs) you know, the the trade that everyone was begging for two months ago. If they would just. (laughs) Just did that, so yeah. I mean, I mean, he'd be he'd be nice on New Orleans, but not nice enough to trade them, trade Ryan Anderson for. I agree. So, and then that, that's really we haven't heard really any Hawes. Like you know, Mark Stein said that the Sixers are shopping Young, Turner, and Hawes all feverishly. I, I think it's fluid. I think it's a fluid situation. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I would not be surprised. And this hasn't been brought up, but in my own fiddling and tinkering with a uh, trade machine, which is the nerdiest thing anyone could ever do. Uh, I would not be surprised to see the Sixers find a way to move Jason Richardson. Oh, wow. Just to dump that say, salary somewhere? Yeah, I, w- I would say we'll you know, p- package him with somebody like Thad and be like, we'll take on you know your big expiring contract. You gotta take, you gotta take Jason Richardson off our hands. Hmm. Yeah, I would mean, not, would not be surprised. That 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 the Jason Richardson bit is not uh, based in any sort of sourced information. That is me speculating. Right. Uh, but in just looking around, it's like I, I think that that's that's a motivation. Yeah, that would be. Even though I like having Jay Rich in the suit on the sidelines, I wouldn't like, you know. I don't need him playing because he does have the ability to be a capable NBA player. I think still maybe yeah. if he, but I he seems like a good guy. He brings a little that yeah. Elton no, Brand good guyish quality to him. You know, I, looks older agree. than he is. That sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. So, and then that's all the the rumors we have. Really, I mean, there's nothing else, right? Uh, well, yeah, it's about who what we, what what we would take back. Yeah, you know, I. I I, it'd be nice to get a first round pick, but uh, you know maybe maybe the idea that losing, especially this year, it'd be nice to get one more first round pick this year. But if we if we end up getting one for next year, 2016, uh, then that's nice to have. That's real sweet. Um, I, and maybe maybe losing getting someone to take on Richardson, so we don't have to absorb like deal with that second year next year. Maybe that's better. Maybe that's better than a, than a you know. Endlessly protected, late lot, late first round pick. Right. Yeah, and I think we're all we're all just sort of guessing on value of any of these guys, and especially when there are, there are trades that are three teams and and more, and yeah. you know that it's it's really hard to know what you'd get back. But it's I, hard. I, it's hard to guess these things. It really, and I I I think I have I have the most like my expectations for return at this point are. Are small, I, and it, I'll be pleasantly surprised if it's more. And it's not that I'm predicting that they're small. It's just that I think sometimes when you watch your own guys too much, you're like, "Oh, who would want him?" Yeah, no, definitely. The, people always talk about like overvaluing your own players, and like I feel like Celtics fans do this a lot. Yes, and like people talk about like that's the thing, and I'm like, I feel like Sixers fans, or at least people involved, people that I talk to. Uh, we undervalue it because we're just we just think they're all bad. That's like mostly the idea. Well, somebody like, oh, somebody asked me somebody asked me yesterday. Well, right, somebody asked me yesterday. They were like, "Well, why is the 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 view?" And he wasn't being negative. He he retweeted Zwirling's article and then mine on Turner. And he's like, "The national perspective on him is much different than the local one." And yeah. I said to him, "I said I'm not saying I'm I'm not being overly harsh, but." But sometimes you have to realize these national guys, first of all, this guy and a, a lot of those national guys that are reporting rumors like Berger or or Woj, they're, they're not NBA analysts. Like no. the, their job isn't to analyze games. That's not what they do. So if you talk to Zach Lowe or Matt Moore and ask them what they think of those guys, th- then they might have a different perspective. 
their their job is and this I'm not I'm not saying their job is bad, but their job is to take information that they get mostly from agents, some from teams, but mostly from agents, and and get that that stuff out there. But in exchange, it's to make their guy look good. So I don't think Jared Zwirling is watching a lot of Evan Turner games. I just don't think he is. So when yeah. you look, you know, it's it's like when the other team's play by play guy comes here and just looks at your stat list and goes, "Oh, he's averaging nineteen five and four. He must be the best guy." You know, like yeah. That's sort of where it ends. So that's why I think there's a difference sometimes when you when you read columns. Don't read columns like that for analysis about how good a guy is. You know, do not. So, one question from Twitter, and it goes to Sixers gameplay, is a Drew Corrigan asked on Twitter, and it was one of the things I wanted to bring up with you because a, a couple of people had asked me this week. It's funny. Everybody was so upset that the Sixers were too good the first three weeks. Oh, uh, it's great. And now everybody's it's so great. upset that they're losing by so many points and the defense is bad. I am it's, zero. Every game's not going to be a buzzer beater loss. Yeah. It's gonna, so it's gonna my, my thought, I, I'm curious, I, I am 0% concerned about the defense given, A, I, I think they're playing at a purposely unsustainable pace to actually play good defense. And B, none of these guys, B, Nerlens Noel is not there. And C, I don't even know how many of these guys are going to be on the roster, so I'm not really yeah. that concerned. So your concern level in terms of percentage for Sixers defense? I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I, I, it's 1%. Like, okay. I'm, I'm not, I would, to say that there's nothing there, because this is all we know of Brett Brown, it's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little concerned. Like, it'd be nice to, for, like, maybe, maybe it's the scheme, but... I think it's a combination of a, a franchise, franchise-wide uh, decision to lose games and uh, just lack of talent at every level. Right. So I'm, not, I'm just not, you know, they're giving up so many threes and good, like good that they are because it's funny and. <laughs> And maybe I'm sure Brett Brown's not looking at this and going, "Well, there's nothing wrong with my scheme." Like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's he's, he's going to adjust if that's the case. Well, this is how like, I've always coached defense before. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You got me. Let's <laughs> get. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And you know, he's he's got very capable, bright assistant coaches that are going to you know figure this out. And you know, if it, if it if it goes till next year. Or the year after, where where he finally nails down, like okay, this is this is gonna happen. Then fine, like who cares? We're not winning. Why? What? I, I. You can you can be upset with Evan Turner's rotations, or Tony Roden's rotations, because these are guys that we are either expecting something from or trying to trade, so we want them to look better. But uh, you know, in terms of team defense, without your defensive anchor in there, and you know, well. Who cares? We're we're trying to lose games. Don't find something to be worried or upset about. And like, I, I, they, they I, weren't good. They're not good. <laughs> They're going to be bad. Just relax, team, chill. This is this is great. It's all great. Well, and one thing that you said to me, and I, I feel like I have no, enough perspective for it, so it's not hurting me while I'm watching. But you mentioned in a very early podcast. Hey, don't watch all the games. Yes. And, I, you know, I actually, I mentioned that to a few people this week. I was like, look, man, MCW is not in there today. And they're, they're getting crushed by Brooklyn. Hey, f- do one of two things when they're getting crushed by Brooklyn. A, be excited watching Joe Johnson's performance because it was sort of yeah. fun to watch. You know, okay. just watch the other team. Or B, just turn it off because you realize that, like, none of these guys are important right now. None, none. Uh, Evans not important. Spencer's not important. Roten in the grand scheme not important. Uh, Hollis Thompson not important. None of these. Well, I don't know about Hollis. <laughs> I love him. I love. Him so I much. love him, but this is not something to get upset about. This is just. It's yeah. not. There's no. Why are you watching every game? And if you are, yeah. watch for the other team or for or hilarity's sake. But. You can't watch and get upset that they're they're playing poorly. You just can't. No. That was the goal. Treat every game like you're the opponent when a pitcher is pitching a perfect game. You sort of want them to be like, oh yeah, get it. 
like see if they can break a record every time. So, like that's that's how you have to watch the Sixers. Just hope the Sixers are the the other team in the opponent's uh, quest to do something great. It's fun. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I love this team. Would you would you like some more more Twitter questions? Should I keep? Yeah, going? bring them. All right, on. Frankie Hobbs asks, "What are the chances Noel polishes, polishes his offensive game enough to play at the four? Uh, I mean, that's the idea. I think even even if the plan isn't to you know ultimately play him at the four, I think they're working on him at getting his offensive game to a point where he can play alongside a bigger center uh, because the idea is. You know, look at what New Orleans is doing with Anthony Davis. You you don't want Nerlens Noel to be banging inside with Dwight Howard or Omer Sheik uh, or just like huge guys that he's going to get pushed around by because he's strong. He's a strong guy, but he's never going to be uh, a load down there. So if you can just like if you can move him off the five spot where he can he can roam a little bit more and play a little bit off. I mean, because, you know, Tyson Chandler got bigger and Kevin Garnett got bigger and stronger. Uh, so it will happen, but you still like, at least while he's still young and has really fresh legs, hopefully once he comes back from injury, you want him to be able to just, you know, be a weak side shot blocker right. a lot of the time. Um, so if, there, if if someone like Andrew Bynum is backing down someone like, say the Sixers had Jason Smith or something like that, just to use him as an example, you put Jason Smith on the bigger guy and then let uh, Noel sort of roam a little bit. So defensively, I think it can work because uh, he is fast. You want him down low for the most part, but I think it can work in, in, in spurts. Um, and offensively, we just don't know what he is. He played a handful of games at Kentucky. They were good when he was there. And then he got hurt and they got bad. Uh he seems like he's a willing offensive player. Like he does, he's not a liability right now. Um, he doesn't have much of a jump shot, but he can handle the ball a bit. And uh, he's just athletic and agile. He seems like a good kid that wants to get better. Um, there was talk, you know, before the draft of you know whatever bullshit that the hype machine builds. Um, but he seems to me like a decent a decent guy. I have heard a couple of amusing stories, but more young stories than anything to be I, worried about. I, I have heard them too, and I wonder if they're the same thing. Uh, we'll talk about them okay, later. all right. Uh, but he's uh, we don't know. You know, he's he, last time he played him, he was 18 years old, and uh, the Sixers are being extremely cautious with him. Uh, he went on the radio. I guess we can talk about that. He went on the radio and said that he. Uh, you know, might play this year, which is something I expected all along. But the Sixers haven't been talking to him about, so I'm sure the Sixers are like, "Bro, chill." Yeah, could you not? Could you not? Yeah. We purposely said that you weren't, so we didn't have to deal with this. Could you? Yeah. Shh. Hush. Exactly. But uh, I, I still think he plays at some point. You know, get, get him, get 20 games under your belt, just like. Get a feel for the game. Go into the off season with stuff you need to work on. Like sort of put into practice all the, all like the reconstruction that the Sixers did on his shot and his game. Um, yes, I think he can play the floor. I guess going back to it, just matters <laughs> who the other guy is. If it's yeah, not, it matters who he's with, and you know. and uh, if he can get you know if he can get an, a a mid range jump shot. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's expecting him to to develop a three point game yet um, but you know if say the Sixers really love Joel Embiid then you put Embiid to the five and Noel the four and Embiid's got a bit of a jump shot um, although Kansas doesn't let him shoot him that much and uh, you know stretching the floor is important but uh, you know so is having the best talent so if the best talent indicates that Noel should be moved down to the floor for some parts of the game, then he can do it and they'll make it they'll make it work. Ari asks <laughs> I, I know your your response to this, but might as well ask, what are the expect expectations for Arnett Moultrie when he comes back from injury? And will he <laughs> fit the system slash strategy? 
Uh, if the strategy is being bad, then yeah, definitely. I knew he's it. <laughs> he's, def- he's definitely there. Uh, we also had an update on Moultrie. Uh, right. Recently, uh, Jake Fisher wrote about it. Um, Looks like January, right? Uh, yeah, there's well, he he took the trip, so I think it was in the next like two three weeks or so, maybe. Um, it'll be nice to see him back. It'll be nice because because he is like close to an NBA player. Um, which, by the way, Brandon Davies is not. I like like. I I, I I so I'm so enjoying this. He, he so misses so many dunks. I've never perfect. seen this before. I've never. He's perfect. He's perfect specimen. Uh, Moultrie, you don't know because he played under Doug, uh, so you don't know if his. He's a weird guy. He, he's a weird guy because he, he played like he was like sort of a point forward in college. Like that's like he was. It's bizarre. Uh, and. He like took out. So he took threes and like he passed the ball and like, he got offensive rebounds. And he blocked shots. He blocked he blocked a ton of shots back in college. And I just feel like he doesn't. I've never seen him block a shot with the Sixers. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it was a Doug thing or if it was a weight thing or that ankle that really was bothering him was really just like holding him back. Um, but uh, I think you know once. Once Spencer's moved, I think he might be your starting center, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. All right, next but, uh, one. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be nice to see him. It'll be nice to see him. It'll be nice to see someone different. That's the funnest yeah. thing about this year is like, oh, there's a different guy. I yeah. haven't seen him play before. Or, ooh, yeah. what position does he play? Or, ooh, I forgot he was on the team. It's great. From Kyle, what are the odds that a Roten Michael Carter-Williams backcourt can work? I don't think it can. I don't see the reason not trying it, but I don't think it can work. Uh, you, you just like someone that can shoot the ball. Yeah. You just really like it. I mean, it'd be fun It is basketball. I feel like, yeah, it is basketball. <laughs> uh, defensively, it'd be cool because both guys have high defensive potential, and they're both young and fun to watch, and the pace would be really cool because they're fast. Um, but I don't think long-term... It, Roten is your option at the starting two guard. I think, I think ideally he's he's your he's your sixth man. Kyle also asked, would Daniel Orton make a better pro wrestler than a basketball player? <laughs> and I think that might in be the, true in the Orton family as a faction. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, his finish his finishing move is is not the RKO; it's the elbow. <laughs> his it's finishing so move is, is the BLT based on his body structure. They should just have him come in and say he's Randy Orton's brother, and nobody mentioned the fact that he's black and Randy Orton isn't. I think that yeah. would be the move. All well, right. Did you did you see the elbow he threw on my yes. butt? Yeah, it was, it was a, an impressive elbow. Okay, yeah. I feel like that's, a, that's wrestling-worthy. Absolutely. It's just that yeah. I think I've always thought that the re- the elbow was a... Like, when that was... At least Macho Man's finishing move was an elbow from the top rope and it was yeah. high. I've always just been disappointed in the elbow as a finisher. Like when the well, the rock did the people's elbow, it just oh, it doesn't look like on. it hurts that bad. But it's so entertaining. The people's elbow is the best. Especially especially when he rips off the uh, the armband to start. That really gets him. A couple of quick relationship questions before we get to this week's edition of the Jigsaw. Wesley asks, and he is a high schooler, he needs his high school has prom every four years, and there are oh. only 300 total people in his high school. Where does he go? Is he from Philly? Yeah, well, he's this area. So he asks, he's, in his, he's a junior, or he's gone to prom twice, I guess, already. He needs a new way to ask somebody to the prom. Now, Jake Pavorsky yeah. chimed in and said yeah, to well, use... Jake, Jake's, Jake's the aficionado on <laughs> I never went to my. I never went to a prom. I was a loser in high school. I was really overweight and very ugly. That's Spike. There we go. So I don't really have too much of a, you know, Jake chimed in and said flowers are good and girls do love flowers, especially that age. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, here's what I would say. If, here's what I would say, Wesley. Here's my old man advice and then Mike can give his advice. Do not do anything that involves any of the three following. Text message, Twitter, or phone calls. Do it in person. Yeah. So that's that's all I'm saying. I just 
I know this new generation and their text messaging and the yeah. you know the Twitter or whatever it's called. Right. You know, right. I <laughs> I don't have a new way. Do you? Do you have something creative? Yeah, you, I mean, it's 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 all there's all it's all circumstance. Uh, it depends on the girl. If the girl you're asking if you're interested in her, then then that makes it different. If it's your friend, then that makes it different also. Uh, if it's your girlfriend that you are dating, then that also makes it different. Um, write it on your wiener. Write it on your wiener <laughs> and see, see what she notices. Uh, if she doesn't notice, then she's probably not looking and she doesn't want to be with you. That's a that's a hint. Uh, I asked uh, junior junior prom. I asked no senior prom. Um, I I had been to the Philly, uh, Phillies game with this girl who I, was, I just started dating. Uh, she went to Central Bucks, and I went to Council Rock. And uh, she was a year below me, so she it was like we just started dating. She wasn't sure, like, okay, well, is he going to ask me kind of thing. I could, I could feel that from her. And we went to Philly's game, and I, uh, I think either I caught a, like a ball in batting practice or pretended I did and, and bought one. I, like, I don't remember actually what it was. And then I wrote prom on it. And then, uh, like, flipped it to her, and she like saw it. I was like, "Oh yeah." So you didn't, you didn't write it on your wiener. No, not on my wiener. I wrote it on my ball. Okay. I said I went, I went for the ball. Uh, I think there's, you know, there's, there's fun ways to do it. it. Like you can treat it like a, like a practice for a wedding proposal, but it really does depend a lot on, on whether you're interested in the girl. Because you don't, you don't want to send them like say it's just a girl that you're friends with, uh, and especially if you have any indication that she's interested in you, if you, if you break up this like lavish prom proposal, yeah, and then she she's says... going to misinterpret it. So right. you got to make sure that you're, you know, go and be Sam Hinky, go in with a plan and execute the plan. Don't think, make sure you're thinking about everything before. Cause you know, other, other general managers and other prom going people will be, thinking of everything so make sure you are be like sam hinky in that your prom proposal this time will fail miserably but in eight <laughs> years you will have the best prom proposal proposal there is yeah you just want to lower expectations knock them down and yeah. then there's just room for growth greg asks when starting to date a divorce chick at what point greg. are you not the rebound guy six months okay. a year this is you <laughs> what no because idea. i date divorced girls yeah sure <laughs> i would say that there is no time limit in which I think rebounds in general go anywhere from one night stands to year long relationships. So I don't think it's impossible that you can switch from a rebound guy to an actual guy. Like maybe you were a rebound at first. And, but I do think that it's always super dangerous to be the first guy after somebody get whether it's divorce or long-term relationship to be the first guy after that regardless yeah. of how long you've gone out i think it's a dangerous situation i'm like i'm horrified by the idea i mean i i'm not at the point in my life where like this is cool i'm sure i'll get to the point but like the idea of dating of dating someone that's already been married is really really freaks me out Really, me yeah, I've, I had never, and I'm engaged now, but I had never, I was never, I'd never dated a girl that was married or anything, so I wouldn't know. But I'm sure as you get older, like it, it makes me that becomes more commonplace, and yeah. you sort of you've you've had more shit happen to you, so you get it. And maybe you've been divorced, like that kind of thing. But uh, just the idea of like saying you're going to spend the rest of your life with somebody, and then that doesn't work out, and then here you are, next guy. It's just like, oh wow, okay. My yeah. friend, one well, of my best friends, uh, dated a divorced girl for a long time, and uh, you just you just feel it feels like they're going through the motions, you know, like they they've done it before. Yeah, well, so it like, just it yeah. feels like it always feels like to me it would be so hard to like go through all of that and then start over again. You know, like yeah. I give actually divorced people they go and date and look to get them another long term relationship. I give, lot, I give a lot of credit because it's yeah. it's like. It's like you're playing Mario Brothers and you get to like level eight three and you lose your last guy and you got to go back to or Zelda Mario Brothers you can cheat at least you know it just seems like that's when you shut off the Nintendo honestly and you you go make yourself a 
Ilios Pizza. You ready to play the jigsaw? <laughs> yeah, that whole that whole last sequence. Maybe that's why you never dated a divorce girl. Like, <laughs> that's a good point. I want to play again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play again. I want to play again. <laughs> Here's the jigsaw. That is Doug Collins. Where I offer Mike a choice between two horrible options. I want to play again. And he has to choose between the two. I would like to mention that Doug Collins, every Doug Collins, Bill Simmons interaction is super awkward and I love every second of it. Really? What was the, what was the last thing like? What was the grand? I, I couldn't watch it. I it was it was they had a, a touch a giant touch screen that was the, the a trade machine and Simmons okay. was was going through trades and Collins was supposed to say why they work or don't work, but Collins doesn't understand like the whole notion of like here's a fun made up trade. Tell me why this one doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like like he said Blake Griffin for Kevin Love. Who says no? And and Doug just goes, you know, Kevin Love is a, a good player, good rebounder. You know, can stretch the floor. And Blake Griffin, he's a spectacular player as well. <laughs> it's like, all right, bro. <laughs> so it was super mega awkward. Like, I love that most anal- – the one thing I'll give Jalen Rose credit for, and I think Jalen Rose sucks, the one thing I'll give him credit for is he understands Simmons. Like, he gets Simmons' bit, and he's able to listen to Simmons being the way Simmons is without, like, looking puzzled. But Doug, in his giant old man suit, always looks – so very, very puzzled by it. Yeah. Well, Simmons is like is basically just like a reflection of the internet. Yeah. I feel like he's he's like a more tame version of of like the, a collection of of generally smart internet. Yeah, I think so. So here's your question. Here are your two choices. Your first choice for one full year. The only thing always you, a year, always it's a year. always a year. That's the uh, for okay. one full year. The only thing you can eat, you cannot change this, is oatmeal made with water. You're not allowed to add anything to it. No sugar, no anything. Plain oats, water. Okay. That's it. Three meals a day. No snacks. Your only drink is water. If you go out to dinner, you will be served by a waiter that comes out of nowhere and serves you plain oatmeal. <laughs> That's it's plain oatmeal. It's plain oatmeal. Plain oats, oats and water heated in the microwave. So there's no no protein. No. Well, there's a little bit of protein in oats, but no, no protein, no 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 fruit, no anything. Oatmeal, water. Okay. Your other option is that every night when you go to sleep, I am sleeping next to you. I don't talk to you, but I am certainly there, going to bed right next to you. You don't have to you, deal deal with me. You be- Mike Eskin. Yes. You don't have to deal with me before or after, but there I am in my pajamas falling asleep in your bed with you next to you. All right. So we can't talk. We can't be like friends. Well, we could just, be we could be friends, but that feels like to me it, it crosses some sort of dangerous threshold if we're sleeping wait. in the same bed every night. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So we could it doesn't cross a threshold to sleep together. <laughs> I feel like it's significantly more awkward if you're just there and I can't talk to well, you. Well it's like kissing a hooker, you know? It's like the hooker will have sex with you but won't kiss because that's too personal. <laughs> I think I think that's the wrong metaphor. I think that's really wrong. So uh, what what do you pick? I mean, you can say goodnight, Spike. I'll be like, goodnight, Mike. You know, how about okay, I, that? Okay, good. It's not, like, it's not like I'm like scared of my life every time I go to bed. I'm like, oh, man. It's, it's no, like but if you bring a lady home, like, you're going to have to explain to her. Now, you can't tell her why I'm there, but, like, you have to say, hey, he sleeps in the bed, too. Yeah. Uh, I I go sleep with you every <laughs> single time. That's not a question. That's, not even, that's a great one. I'm yes. totally on board with that. Welcome to my bed. Like, come on in. That's good to hear. I'm glad you chose that. It, it lets me know that you really, either you really hate, what's it called, oatmeal, or you really wouldn't have a problem sleeping with me every night. I, I, w- I wouldn't have a problem sleeping with you every night. I like oatmeal. The idea of having nothing but oatmeal is horrible. <laughs> I like so welcome, that one. Welcome, welcome I, to bed. Yeah. I'll be little. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I'm trying to. Do you have anything left to say? I'm trying to find the uh, the Ricky theme song to close out with. Do you have anything left before we uh, before we say goodbye? Did the, uh, the Sixers? Well, MCW will be back soon. 
Yeah, that'll be cool. Hopefully, he said on WIP this morning, hopefully Friday. Okay. Uh, oh, did you want to talk about you when you called me the other day and you told me to remind you of something? Oh, that Tom McGinnis accidentally called Evan Turner Evan Turnover the other night, and he caught himself midway through it. I don't have the audio. I didn't grab the audio. But he called him, and then he, he laughed, and he said, well, he does lead the league in turnovers. And then that was it. <laughs> it was during the, the Nets' third quarter run. If anyone has that on tape or something, he did call him Evan Turnover. That's that, pretty good. That was it, yeah. That's all I got. Uh, it's, it's a good time. It's just like a, a nice closeout. It's, it's a good time to be a Sixers fan. Like I know there's some people that are bummed out by it, and, and once in a while people will – I'll never read other. I'll never read other sites. Like I'll read the the good sites, but like crappy. Uh, you know the the places where internet dwellers that don't really think critically go. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll people will direct me to some comments sections that I would normally never go to, and I'll look at those and just be like, man, this is not what I think, or this is not what anyone I talk to thinks. But okay. Um, but like for the general, you know, smart or critically thinking Sixers fan, uh, it's just good. Like we're involved in trade talks. It's not devastating. Like we're not like Knicks fans just sort of like holding our breath, waiting for our G- GM to mortgage the future. We're just sort of we're ready to go. Like if, if the Sixers get Ashik, then like I trust them. Like I trust. What happens? I trust that Hinky wants them, and and he'll be a valuable part of the future. If they don't, then I trust whatever we get as a thirteen. If, and if they don't make a trade, then it's like, well, Hinky thinks he can do better. Great. There, there's like, there's no, there's just like no bad outcome for me because because when you trust, when you trust that the people running the organization are smarter than you, which I think you take for granted sometimes that like like I think that I'm. I think I'd be a better GM than Ruben tomorrow. Like I think I think I would. Like I think a lot of people would. Uh, I think I was a better GM than Estefanski. And it's like, yes, there's more into it than just team building, and you have to deal with the owners and stuff. But, but from a, just from a listening to other people and and not and having a plan, I feel like, for the most part, most GMs are 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 doing something that's not uh, for the bigger picture for the future and so when you have ownership that that is giving you free reign like like the Sixers ownership is to Sam Hinkie or seems to be at least um then you can like do what you want to do and, and execute a plan like that makes sense in the long term for the betterment of the franchise rather than uh immediate gain uh and I I just feel like it's great like it's fun we're ha- I'm having fun as a Sixers fan for the first time ever. Like, they, they, this is fun. It's so much fun. It's great. I'll see you in bed you tonight. Do you, I'll see you in bed. Do you feel the same way? Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it's fun. That's why I get bummed out when people are like, the defense is bad. Just come on. Just stop. Just relax. Just yeah. everybody just chill out. Just so you're chill fir- out. you're firmly on Team Chill? Yes. Oh, firmly. By far on Team Chill. With well, 100%. I'd wear a t-shirt even though I would. I'd wear a big one to bed. I'll see you later. I would, I, I would like to see it. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. All right. 